Recorded on location at the Burger Museum in Miami, Florida, it is time for the show guaranteed to make you hungry. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Burger Beast Podcast. I know you guys must be wondering who's on the podcast today. We have, uh, what, would, what, would, uh, what kind of a proper introduction? I would say Richard of the House of Hills. Sir Richard, let's roll out the virtual red carpet for him, ladies and gentlemen. It's Richard Hills of Sakaya Kitchen, Black Brick, blah, 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 a bunch of other stuff. Yes. I was expecting the red carpet to be rolled out. My black car to arrive on time did not arrive. Show starting 40 minutes late. <laughs> look, at least look, you got some sausages courtesy of Babe Froman. You got the RC Cola that I've owed you for six years since you did my web show. There's some M&Ms here. Thank you. Let's start off on a good foot. Thank you. Sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. So for let, let's talk a little bit about your food. Um, you and I met back. What was it? Two thousand ten. Ten. Right, right, a few months right after you opened Sakaya Kitchen. Right. It's located in Midtown. Um, we're not. I mean, you can Google it. There's no need for us to go into detail. If you don't know what Sakaya Kitchen is in your Miami, <laughs> let's get with the program, people. Um, and someone told me about your your place. So I walked in. I ordered the burger. I wrote bad about you online. No, I, I wrote. I, I I love the food. Who told you about the place? Someone I won't mention. <laughs> Someone I've erased from my memory banks. <laughs> oh, I know exactly who that is. Yeah, someone. Yeah, someone too big for their britches. So anyway, um, I love the food. I wrote something along the lines. It'd be great if the bur- the bulgogi burger was existed in a double form. I come back. Come back with a friend of mine, Ed. This is. The original layout of Sakaya, so those of you who've been eating at Sakaya forever will remember it kind of open kitchen. You were at the pass right there. Um, I think you may have even rung me out. I don't know. We don't want to get, we don't want to say you were ringing people out, God forbid. <laughs> and um, I introduced myself to you, and then lo and behold, what did I get? A double order we made. I, I might have been those in those days, I would. I would work in register, <laughs> then I would run over to the fire or the grill. Did you pretend to be someone else? <laughs> then I only, yes, if somebody didn't like the meal and I did not want to tell them to go fuck themselves, I would say that my name is Tony. I swear to God, this is the real thing. People would call and ask for the owner. I'd say, I'm sorry, he's not here right now. This is Tony. How can I help you? But I remember that day when you came in, and and I've said this to you before. Um, whoever I don't remember who I you reminded me now who told you, but at that and I did not remember that. But he told me, hey, there's a guy named Burger Beast that's gonna come, and that's all he told me. And then when I saw you walk in the door, I was like, if there's anybody in this world. <laughs> That is named Burger Beast. That's him right there. So maybe that's probably why I jumped on the register so those people wouldn't fuck it up. <laughs> right. And then, of course. Anyways, we made the burger and I was, and I remember the comments. I remember reading about your comments and I said, I'm going to make the burger. And I jumped on the grill, made the double burger, and I said, here, send this out to him. 
And and which was excessive. I mean, to be honest with you, that burger, uh, like a double, I mean, a, a single is, is a lot, I think, right. but well, a double. And it's called, what? what is it called, please? The for Beast. Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> I get 10% on the sales of that. No, I do not, I do not. <laughs> Are we talking about the food truck? No, the food truck, we're gonna get into that. <laughs> We're gonna oh, get into all, 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 all the shenanigans from I'm the food truck. Ahead, huh? <laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't get the agenda. I did want to clear one thing up. When you were on the WTF podcast with with Nick the Foodie, you claimed publicly that I was gonna hate on La Segunda. Did you not? Did I? I don't know. <laughs> okay. La Segunda, which is the most incredible bakery in Tampa. And their and their Cuban sandwich is great, you know. Um, you know, I'm a Miami guy through and through, but let's be honest, the sandwiches there are killer, you know. And uh, I just want to clear that up that I I do love that you place. You have said that I have harassed you in the past, and you have corrected me, so I stand corrected. So we can we can go back to the topic you kind of touched on the food food truck. Um, right around that time, which is when I met you, the food truck thing was kind of going into full bloom. And just for to set the record straight, because there are a couple of delusional characters, <laughs> I think more than a couple of delusional characters in that industry, but I want to be clear that Jeremiah's Gastropod was the very first food truck that ushered in the new style of trucks out here. And we're excluding, of course, Roach Coaches, even though some of the food trucks that I go uh, But, um, you know, it's very important to note that because there's some people who are going out there kind of preaching the opposite. So, uh, shout out to Jeremiah and his delicious burgers. Um, so, while, while um, the food truck thing was kind of starting to spread, and uh, Jeremiah was there, um, Landburger with Ingrid Hoffman came out. The Yellow Submarine, and then Hayfay's uh, <laughs> Land House. Right as the summer was coming of 2010, you started, I think, building your truck, right? Which was called Dim Samagogo. Yeah. Uh, Cad Von D did the the the, 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 the the artwork for it. You know, as you referred to it, I have footage of you saying the baddest truck on the streets. <laughs> and. Uh, you debuted at the first food truck event that we ever did in South Florida, which was the, uh, at the Adrian Arch Center. It was called the Fall for the Arts. It was the first food truck event I ever did. I was wondering what the hell was I doing getting involved in this because it was just, people were fighting with each other. I mean, it was just absolute craziness. And I remember the first day, I think you were second or third. Uh, I remember Landberger being the first one he gets there. Uh, right in front of him, we had Michael Schwartz had his hot dog cart at the time. I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah. And he was doing like oh, yeah. sausages. I think he was doing like sausage sandwiches and some yeah. lemonade. And then um, I think then you were parked right after him. Uh, not only did you debut at that event, so did the fish box. No, no, you can't, you got there towards the tail end because I remember at the very end, I didn't see you until the very end of the event. You literally just got out of the truck, went in and started cooking. And I didn't yeah. see you until well, the end. Because what happened to us is the, we had the brand new truck it was delivered to us at 11 o'clock at night the night before and i think our call time on that event was what like eight in the morning or nine in the morning something like something that yeah like that. so i mean you know we were about we received the truck you know nine hours before we were supposed to be setting up then when we we got the truck uh we all went home and then in the morning the builder came and we started to go through all the systems and a lot of stuff wasn't working. Uh, 
So they literally were working on the truck at like 8, 9 a.m. And I think we left for your event like at 10 in the morning. We were the last ones there. Yellow submarine was. Okay. Well, they wouldn't even let us in. They were like, no, you can't. Uh, the, I'm like, look. So it sounds like things have never changed. <laughs> we're part of this event. We're part of this event. They're like, I know, but there's so many people walking in there now. You have to be very careful. So I was like, great. We're going to run over somebody debuting the truck. And that's what I did. I got out of the driver's seat and I walked right into the into the thing and we were we had already fired up the kitchen so we were like driving with like hot oil <laughs> it was a mess it, that, that day was just utter madness i remember jeremiah got into it with the police officer on the side you were you were talking that about getting in a lot. <laughs> yeah, that that. Was his, uh, yeah i had to run across the street i'm standing in the middle of biscayne talking talking to him because he's pissed i don't even know what exactly happened i had to walk him into the space and i remember there was um joy wallace catering was supposed to bring their smoker, and then they show up with a giant contraption to do kettle corn. Oh, God. And I was like, what is this? And they're like, we're doing kettle corn. I go, no, you're supposed to be doing barbecue. No, no, we're doing kettle corn. And this thing was bigger than like three trucks put together. I don't know if you remember. So Jeremiah's um, gastropod didn't fit, and the guy wouldn't move. And I was already, I was like already furious. I'm gonna tell you another story that, that also happened. Um, and I, I tell the, the Joy Wallace, I was like, move. Or leave. There's no other options than that. <laughs> but when when we first started parking at the very front, Gaff, uh, Landberger was at the very f first. Um, what was that little dessert vehicle? Um, it was a little green vehicle. Well, they were there, uh, and then we had Wing Commander. That was a trailer, the white trailer. They didn't have an awning, so they put a ten by ten tent in front of their. He they happened to be in front of, you know everyone's favorite Jim Hines and his land burger and their awning was touching the 10 by 10 tent and Jim was just losing his shit he went crazy that the Miami Herald and the Adrian Arts Center had to get in in between wing commander and land burger and that's when I said to myself what the hell have I gotten myself involved in because I didn't get paid one cent to do this you know and I was like it was just a promotional thing they said uh, they said, oh, we'll, we'll put your name and we'll promote you. Uh, and they put me in the newspaper and, and they were pushing, you know, hits to my blog, which was only, you know, a couple of years old. And I was like, is this like really worth 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 uh, this this nightmare? But that that always stands out. And from there, I mean, anyone who's followed the scene knows that it just like exploded. Right. Yeah. yeah. There it exploded. I mean, for me, that event was literally just that getting out of the uh, driver's seat cooking then getting out of the kitchen and going back in the driver's seat and leaving it was like it's completely madness the entire time I don't think we ever sold more than that day I mean there might have been a few Art Basel days that we sold more but that was probably one of the busiest days of the food truck history and I and I, and I really think it was like even though nowadays I mean, it was like one of the hottest days on earth, I think. Yeah, it was hot. It, it, was, it was bad. It looked like it was going to rain. It never rained. I think on my blog, I have a picture. You can actually see everyone like looking up and the sky looks like it's going to rain, but it, 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 never, uh, it never rained. From there, we did 65th and Bird. Um, and then that was, uh, you know, you guys were the anchors. It was the, the Fishbox Land Burger and then some Agogo. 
um, Tanya from Food Cart USA. She's gonna love that I just mentioned her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, baby. She's gonna, she's gonna be texting. Her ears are ringing. Is somebody talking about me. <laughs> so she 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 met the guys on this lot, that this dusty lot, like you know, and uh, she said, "Look, we got somewhere to park the trucks." You guys showed up on a Tuesday, not knowing what to expect. Next thing you know, I mean, I'd say I witnessed at least four car crashes in front of that because people were, were stopping. They couldn't, they're like, what is that? They saw so many people in line, they couldn't tell what it was. And, you know, all these rubberneckers driving by just crashing into each other. Right. Including, I remember this one time, this cracked up, cracked up guy showed up. Yeah, he was like running. You remember that? Yeah, and then somebody started beating him up or something. And the police showed, it was like, yeah. it's totally, totally insane. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was, those were crazy times. And then that's when we first like realized that, okay, this is gonna be great. And I was on my way there and Sakai Kitchen was already blowing up at that time. We were very busy. And I remember driving a bird and it was like, you know, the typical bird traffic and I almost turned around. I almost turned around, I swear to God, I was like, all right, fuck this. I, I'm not, I'm, I don't have time for this garbage and what a mistake it would have been because that was so crazy. And I mean, I think that event launched the ability for everybody to see, okay, you can make money doing this. And it created the Hefe feud. Right. I, I was actually just gonna bring that up. What, it, what ends up happening is, you guys were doing Tuesdays and we tried adding on other days just doing uh, revolving trucks. But everyone wanted to do Tuesday, which you guys had kind of started when no one was willing to take a, a shot. So of course it was your day. Right. We started doing Wednesdays, Thursdays, but no no day was ever more popular than Tuesday. It turns out at the end of the day, you guys ended up being the three most popular trucks. Right. Because I was involved, all of a sudden, <laughs> I know you're laughing before I even say this, we were referred to as the food truck mafia. Uh, well, some, we meet, where did we meet at John Martin's one time? <laughs> didn't we meet at John Martin's? I think Martin's we did meet at John like, All right, I'm going to do this. <laughs> You're going to do this, Jim. Mm -hmm. uh, David, you do this, and Seth's going to promote the shit out of it. <laughs> and um, I had totally blocked that out of my mind. Thank you for making me feel guilty now. <laughs> and then we eventually had a meeting at Sakaya Kitchen when uh, Michelle came up, Michelle from Landhouse came up with the tier system, which is one of the most famous or infamous things that the food trucks from back then will remember based on your social media popularity, which back then you could have just bought all your followers, you know, and so you could have just bought your followers and had a bunch of fake followers. But based on your social media popularities, which events you got to attend. So it depends on, on your popularity level. You could, you could be at the most popular events. And if you were very low on the totem pole, like a newer truck, you're not going to be able to do one of these popular events. So you'd be well, rotated in that. It was it was difficult because, you know, say you had a big following and you, um, you know, my truck or or Jim's or David's or Hefe or whatever trucks that people really love. And then you would have a new truck that come along, and that was the beginning of the shit trucks that started to come out. You know, that were just buying stuff at, you know, crappy shit at GFS or whatever, and just on the way frozen garbage. And, um, you know, they would have a, a huge line taking business away from our lines for people to find out that they had shit food, you know? So I think in the positive side of that was just to try to figure out what's more popular. If you had music, if you had bands, I mean, you know, the main stage is the main stage. And the, right. those, you know, in the positive side of that, you know, it, 
a lot of people didn't feel, or the negative side didn't feel that it was very nice or kind, but we're talking about business here. Right. You know, and when you're curating a food hall, what everybody knows now, or your mall or whatever, you need to have your best players in. You, you a baseball team, you're not going to be fair. It's not fucking t-ball. You're not kids. And so that was the point because when we started to see sales erode, you know, away, given to like crappy... Like turkey legs? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like crappy food. Like vendors that went from roach coaches into, you know, trailers. And what about that guy you feuded with who said he had the, uh, he's got the only authentic Korean taco? What was that guy's name? I don't know. You loved him. You loved him. <laughs> I didn't. Know. I was like, I, I mean, even to this day, and I said it the other day on Mike and Mike's podcast that, uh, you know, when you announce something, don't say you're the fucking only and the best. But it's like, come on, nobody is. Nobody is. I mean, we all are doing shit that's either been partially done or done, you know? And, um, you know, it's just, it was difficult. It was a difficult time because we, you know, were very successful. And then the whole industry started to fail and sputter because it was just too many people doing too many crappy things. And I know, um, you know, Michelle was trying to avoid that. You know, he was trying to let the big players, you know, take everything. Basically, that's the negative side for everybody else. It's like, okay, yeah, we're going to make events and only the big boys are going to be in it. Because one, we have a lot of Twitter followers. His point on the Twitter followers were, you have 100 Twitter followers, I have 10,000. Like, I'm, I'm the one that's bringing the fucking people in here. I'm the one that's got the loudest voice. What so, am I, a side of beef? <laughs> well, you, of course, you <laughs> promote, but that, I mean, in the beginning, you weren't always involved in every event, you know? It was, I, I think that the issue with the with the whole tier system was the fact that it's the inmates running the asylum, so it's kind of like, all right, we're going to say, but you guys didn't run all the events, so you really couldn't put it into play because uh, right. at the, a food truck invasion, which now pretty much does most of the events, back then was just starting and he had two or three events and I probably had the majority of the events and I just didn't go along with it. I, I would say probably because I wasn't pitched it in the right way if it was like, but it, the, the truth is I remember when Hefe broke off because he had the issues he couldn't do Tuesday and he did BTTR, which was on Tuesdays also coincidentally. And do you remember what BTTR stood for? Yeah, like better Tuesdays. Right, better, better than anything else happening on Tuesdays, right? Um, obviously a shop, but it was Biscayne Tri and he was doing there. That was a totally illegal setup there in the, the original right. setup. That's the first time I start seeing people that, like, where'd this guy come from? I remember right. going to, looking in through a truck called Dos Locos, and everything was like a kitchen set, like a house stove yeah. in there. And he had like a shelving unit that was tied with ropes to the wall, to the side of the wall right. in the truck. Yeah, so imagine <laughs> for me, Let's say, you know, I, I opened my truck in the true vein of what trucks were about. Like a chef-driven concept now has this mobile, you know, easy to get into uh, access to your customers directly without spending a half a million dollars plus to open a brick and mortar, right? I mean, I went in the reverse, but I was in the, the, the true spirit of that. And then you have that, what you just explained. And imagine you look next to you and you have that guy cooking next to you. And it was just like, that's why I started backing out. And I was like, I don't care where I go. I don't care where you put me in the event. I don't care promoted or not promoted. If you're going to have an event and I'm there, I'm going to be busy for sure. 
And it wasn't even being arrogant. It sounds arrogant now, but it wasn't being arrogant. It was like, because I'm making really great food. And if you can make really great food out of your shit box, then make it, you know? But if you can't, then I don't want you next to me. And, you know, and I organized the, the Winwood event, and I got the law passed for that event to even happen. And then I was able to curate that event. So I didn't really care about other events. I was like, okay, well, I'll be part of these other events and I'll do whatever they want because I want the same thing for my events. If I say who's in. Which you left, you left me in charge of it one month. Yeah. You went on vacation. You, you put me in charge of uh, collecting the fees from all the trucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that was a good What a event. disaster. <laughs> that was, it was a good event. And I mean, we ended up getting up to about 35 trucks, which honestly was probably too many trucks, but we had the people. I mean, what do we get? 10,000 people there on that lot. What about Lexus? Lexus is another man. That was a, just, I mean, <laughs> I was thinking. I remember talking about Jeremiah, he was like, you know, because he was the OG original, you know, he was like, in the beginning, he was already the OG, like, we were all the new guys, and he was the OG, so he was like, I was telling him my sales, and he was like, there's no way you have those sales, and I was like, you know, there's, there's a way, <laughs> look at my truck over there with fucking 200 people waiting in line, and the thing is, the problem too, which I hated in the food truck, business is that even if you had good or bad food if you cannot put the food out in a timely manner you're fucked you're fucking everybody and that's part of the reason why the whole industry went down is because people got tired of waiting in the sun or in the middle of the night an hour for their food and then it was a wrong order or a half an order and you know it just it became a mess so when i did my event i was like i would send that out and the invitation that if you can't put your food out in four minutes then you're not going to be invited back and we will be watching you you know and there was some that we did we just excluded them and they hated us and that's the mafia and you're the mafia it's like no we're we're curating events here man you know <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think um, I didn't invite any of those trucks. I would check out other people's events to see new trucks I'd want to bring in to work with me. And I was always very picky from the beginning. But it, it, it created that whole ma mafia atmosphere that you guys were always at my events. You know, Jeremiah was there. And I, w I was very picky about who I invited. Um, and, and it caused me to have enemies with people who didn't like the fact that I wouldn't invite them. Um, I mean, it, it just sucks. But at the end of the day, like I always say, it's it's business but for me i'd get paid the same amount from every truck for participating right for me it was the basis of my company is the blog and if i'm writing about great food and i'm just gonna let anybody in because they're paying me that that would defeat the purpose of what i'm doing right <laughs> that's like you know what we're seeing on the instagram these days <laughs> <laughs> so you got so you got a second truck um, at, at Wynwood, uh, I think it was March of 2011 or February, March. You should have never done it. That used to be the Burger Beast Mobile. Uh, I had for a short period of time a, a food truck where was I was not cooking on it. Thank goodness. Um, I had a revolving cast of characters cooking on the truck. The last time the truck went out was Wynwood and Michael Schwartz was on it. The last two times were great because we had Shake Shack and then we had Michael Schwartz. And um, Michael Schwartz was on it for his book release. And that was the last day I saw the truck as the Burger Beast Mobile. You can Google it and find the pictures. I bought it that night. You bought it that night. And then we, there's a story, I think, in the New Times with you giving me a headlock and everything. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. me handing you the keys. Yeah, the keys yeah. <laughs> but 
That was a big mistake on my part. I shouldn't have ever done it. I, I paid $85,000 for that truck. And um, huge mistake. It was just a huge mistake. I mean, I wish I would have just bought Bitcoin. I was like 2013. <laughs> I'd have about $300 million in that $85,000 investment. But um, yeah, it was a huge mistake. And we were so busy, though, at the time. I thought, okay, well, now we can do two events. We can do this event on the same night if there's two events on tuesday or wednesday now we have two trucks operating and that was my goal was to sort of scale it but at the same time it was miscalculated because the whole industry started to erode you know the events started to suck that's some summer of 2011 is really when things started going down um yeah we had a good 12 months and then it, it was just over before it even started basically you're telling me i spent almost 15k on an app that uh, I might as well have just you know set that money on fire. Well, my truck, <laughs> truck I, I bought it for eighty-five. <laughs> I barely used it. I wrapped. I wrapped it. I spent like another probably. I spent about a hundred thousand dollars on that truck, and a year later or so, I sold it for fifty grand. Yeah, you're also overlooking something. Your last ditch effort after you had the Dim Summer Go Go. The second truck was called Sakaya Kitchen. I see right. a lot of thought went into that. Yeah. Um, you, did, you, you were originally, or although I think it had the window and it had the Bakeress that you were going to start, and you brought in, uh, I think her name was Vanessa Paz. <laughs> Where's she at? I don't know. I didn't know her to begin with. I, I only found out about her because of you. Uh, yeah, I was doing, a, I wanted to do a dessert truck, and then, you know, all the dessert trucks in the city hated me. It's like, come on. Like, what the fuck? Like, somebody can't come out with a dessert truck? And, um, because we were making a lot of little homey desserts, which now we do, and they're very successful at all the restaurants. And um, I wanted a truck, so I brought in, I thought, a pastry chef from Michelle Bernstein's crew. She had left Michelle Bernstein, and I loved that fried apple pie that she did and a bunch of stuff. So I said, you know, why don't you do this? And man, it was like a six months exercise of, again, losing like a shit ton of money. Um, the truck was going to be called the Baktress. I mean, it was all design, the graphic design, and then I just put everything on hold because my key player in the whole thing um, was not coming through. And uh, my last thing was I, and we were making pies for Thanksgiving just to sell through the restaurants, and uh, I saw a bunch of cans from GFS uh, pumpkin filling, and I was like, all right, you're fired. <laughs> I mean, if you can't make the fucking filling from in season you know like please i don't have time for this but that was just a big waste that was more waste of money you know that whole the second truck and then going to turn into the baktress and right and the good the good thing is we're we're you know we're sitting in the middle of the museum so everything in here has to be a minimum of 10 years old we're only a few years away from you donating that neon sign for the museum <laughs> So. I, don't know where it's at. I gotta find it. I think I crushed it. Get the fuck out! No, you didn't. <laughs> I had it for a while, but I think it broke. I think it did. I don't know. I gotta. Why don't you call Jim Winters? He should get it fixed in two months. <laughs> <laughs> two which year? Which two months of which? Year? But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Jim did your your neon for. He's done all my neon. Yeah. He's done. He was supposed to do a neon here. Still yeah. waiting. So waiting. Yeah. When did you ask him to do it? Like three years ago? I, <laughs> I think we're coming up on the three year anniversary. <laughs> so you got into, was it, no, this year, no, last year, this year. You, 
New York Burger Bash. Well, be last year, 2017. Yeah. You went in with the with the yeah. bird and bone burger. Yeah. How that how how was that experience? Uh, so, we, you've been to Burger Bash here. I don't think you participated, right? Uh, I am this year uh, coming up, but I have not participated. That was my first year for Burger Bash. I mean, I went up there with my chef de cuisine from Bird and Bone, and we um, I, we just got swamped. I mean, it just we were so far in the weeds, we could not keep up. Uh, the setup was a little bit messed up because I was I thought I would be there, you know, finishing burgers and stuff in front of the guest, but we were separated, so my table was like inside a tent, and he was outside the tent. So effectively, he was by himself. We had some helpers, but we, we just got overwhelmed. Um, this year, we're going to do the uh, Sakai Kitchen burger. Um, I like we I said, I don't know if we're going to do the actual burger or we're going to make a new burger for that. And then we're going to do a southern event with Bird and Bone. But uh, we didn't uh, place with that burger. And I don't, you know, it, it was good. It's a good burger. I love the burger. at uh, burger. You need a megaphone, don't you? Don't you need to be obnoxious? They, they kind of they, banned all that stuff, they right? They banned it. Yeah, they said yeah. that you can't do any more cowbells or any more <laughs> megaphones or, you know, models or whatever, that it's got to be the integrity. But, you know, it's part of the experience. I mean, you know, is it really about the food? Is it really that strict? You know what I'm saying? Like, is anything in the restaurant industry or the hospitality industry, it's more about the experience than the food? Like, to ban part of the experience of that is, to me, is a little silly. Yeah, I think um, I think it was Good Stuff Eatery, the first one I ever saw at Burger Bash doing, like, you know, clowning around. And I think he dressed up in, like, a boxing outfit or, or something <laughs> something like that. And he was outside, like, signing autographs, Spike Mendelson once. If I remember, that was, like, the third or I fourth. I got a today from the guy that's the chef or the owner from Black Tap Burger. And it said, like, three-time... Burger Bash winner. Oh, up, up there? I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's yeah. really good. Yeah, I heard it. It's, it's really good. Yeah, I haven't tried. I haven't eaten any burgers at Burger Bash. I've been many years, but I just never get to stand in line unless one of my friends or something gives me a burger. And then when you're working Burger Bash, it's like you have no time for anything. It's a, it's a, it's a slaughterhouse. You should just look for me. I've taken over a table. I'm sure you've seen me. I sit, take over a table. Yeah, they call that and then, court. And then people feel bad for me and bring me food. <laughs> and then I never make a line. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you because we never even discussed this. The James Beard dinner you did. Oh, so you could talk a little bit about it because uh, I know you and I have never discussed it and I was, I was wondering about yeah, it. Yeah, um, I was pretty honored for that. I mean, James Spear, for those, um, you know, your 30 listeners that don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. well, for, well, currently we have zero because this hasn't aired. <laughs> um, James Beard House in New York, very uh, prestigious culinary temple in New York City. Um and uh, we were invited to do the Chinese New Year through my Chinese restaurant, Black Brick. And I was really honored because I even told the lady, like, are you sure you know who you're calling? This is a Chinese restaurant in Miami. You're calling from New York, you know? And uh, she said, no, we just love what you're doing. We, we think it's really progressive stuff for us here. And um, we would love for you to do it. So I ended up doing it and it was great. And I brought like all the Miami favorites uh panther coffee jojo tea azucar um who else i i don't remember but just everybody anybody azucar <laughs> and uh he's not hispanic ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> 
I, uh, and then we had a great dinner and we put on like a great show up there and it was really cool. It's a cool place. It leads me into something I wanted to talk to you about also your friendship with Guy Fieri that started from when you were on Diners, right? Fieri. Oh, that's right. I'll get killed for it. Guy Fieri. Fiery. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when he when you were on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, it's actually when it aired when you did the the the, the watch party. I, I wasn't at the I wasn't at the filming because you didn't invite. No, I'm just kidding. You didn't invite me. I didn't go. But uh, I'm, that's actually a day I met Billy Corbin too. Was uh, the the party that you did? Um, yeah, Billy was on there a lot. On uh, my first episode was with Sakai Kitchen. That's when I met Guy, and then. Um, they showed Billy a lot. I uh, was on again on Triple D um, with Black Break Chinese, and we happened to be their thousandth uh, location um, that they shot. So it was a big deal. Like Food Network gave him a big uh, uh, hoopla about it. Then they made us like a big plaque for the wall that says, you know, thousand location. It's really nice. Uh, I've been on Triple G, Guys Grocery Games. I lost once. I went out in the first round and won. It was like, my, my, my mom was cheering for you. My mom watches that show. No, it's like <laughs> it's your worst nightmare because <laughs> Guy had actually called me a couple times and said, look, I have this show called Triple G. I want you to come on. I was like, dude, yeah, it's not for me. I mean, I, I don't even go shopping at home. I don't, I don't want to look like a fool. No, come, come. And he asked me a few times. And in hindsight, Guy typically doesn't do that. Um, that much, you know, and 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 uh, I finally went on the show, and my worst nightmare was realized. I went out in the first round of a tournament of sixteen people. <laughs> <laughs> I was like literally the first one to go, and um, they called me back. I did another All Star show, and then I ended up winning that one. Um, and you shared your your profit, didn't you? Share the I won twenty thousand dollars, and then I um, I uh, I donated to the two there's four of us in that first round of tournament and the three guys that were the first person got knocked off the, the me and the other two guys i said you know i'll split my winnings uh, whatever i win today on the shopping spree i will uh split that amongst the these other two guys and their charities and uh um they one guy had a charity and it was just funny i call him and I'm like, hey, dude, I, I finally got the money. They don't they don't pay you for like many months after. And I said, you know, I finally got the money. I looked on your website for your foundation, and he had his own foundation chef, a friend of mine. And I said, but I don't see anything that you're doing. Like, what are you? What am I donating to? To give me the rundown. Well, you know, we're gonna. My partner's <laughs> gonna do the the Chicago Marathon, and we were thinking about trying to sponsor like his water. I was like, dude, I am not fucking paying for a weekend in Chicago for you and your partner, man. So I ended up, I ended up donating part of the money there, and then we also donate here to um, foodrescue.us and stuff. So the money ended up going to charity, but it didn't go exactly where I said it would go because the guy didn't have a real charity. It was just like his uh, fun money. You know, I hope you enjoyed. The, I don't even know what I do. Oh, here those the sausages. But I really was gonna bring a checkerburger <laughs> because many. I remember uh, having a conversation with you. I, one of the things that drives me nuts are people who pretend that they don't eat fast food. Right. And I know that most people in the industry do. They get out late. Likelihood of what's open is gonna be just a fast food joint, or you know, like maybe Denny's or an IHOP. 
and you just want to grab something and go. And we talked about you being a fan of checkers. Well, we had a conversation about what I liked. And at that time, <laughs> at that time, I would say like, you know, sometimes I would go to Taco Bell or I used to go to Taco Bell and get their quesadilla. That was like a guilty pleasure. And the, exactly what you just explained. On my way home at one or two o'clock in the morning, it's literally the only thing open and it tastes fucking delicious at that time. <laughs> But then, you know... Well, when does regret set in? I won't... <laughs> yeah, right, right when you're eating it. Like, literally right when you're eating it, the regret sets in. And But then at that time, they started to say how they only have 10% real beef in there. You know what I'm saying? So I just cut them out completely, and I haven't been to Taco Bell in many, many years. <laughs> but then I was saying that I really loved... Uh, there was one burger at Burger King that I loved... That it was like either a single, a double, or a triple, and it was like kind of a smaller burger. And it yes, had, and it had that special sauce. That special sauce. It had sauce like that pink it, sauce on it, yeah. With like bacon in each layer and cheese in each Don't layer. Don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> it had like a special sauce. I forget I forget the name of it. But then those were pretty Stacker. Good. That's what it was called, the Stacker. stacker. Yeah. <laughs> those were pretty good. In the middle of the night again, I lived in Brickell, so I would drive like that Burger King right on the corner. Brickell was still there. But then that was the part of the conversation <laughs> that I said, if I had to choose anything, it would be checkers. Like, checkers has a really good burger. But this was before Shake Shack, before <laughs> BurgerFi, before other fast food places that could knock them out. Because before, you really didn't have anything. You didn't have anything. But I, you know, I hate McDonald's. I've hated them for a long time. But I love the McGriddle. You hate McDonald's. You know, I, I, the guy who who did uh, created the McGriddle is the uh, founder of Smashburger. Yeah, yeah. But you're you're probably in the minority because I see a lot of influencers talking about promoting McDonald's all over the place. Well, that that's a big problem because see, the thing is, the thing is, <laughs> is that it's I I notice on Instagram across Instagram that it's like McDonald's has literally bought every channel on Instagram. Everybody's posing with their McDonald's, biting into their burgers. And to me, it, it I just laugh at it because it, it's, I would really like to see, now you, you're different because you- That's post, what my mom told me. <laughs> <laughs> you have always promoted those things. And I look at some of the shit on your feet, I'm like, ah, Seth, please, why are you eating that? Do not eat that garbage. <laughs> Okay, but you've always said, you know what, I go to McDonald's or you'll promote this or you'll promote or you'll rate them or whatever. Yeah, I got a good friend in New Jersey named Carl Ruiz that's on Triple G. He fucking goes to McDonald's and Wendy's and he does a review live, you know, on Facebook Live. And I think it's great. That person, he goes, he loves fast food and he does it. And he tells you his honest opinion, whether it's good or not, or our sauce is good. For me, I've always been very vocal about McGriddles. I've always said, I mean, I've my wife has caught me in a blackout in the middle of an $80 order to McDonald's on Uber Eats. <laughs> I mean, you know. And, Probably and, half of it was fees, I bet. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, like how 
much dollar menu stuff you have to get up to 80 bucks, you know? So, and McGriddles are $1.49, okay? So, I mean, they're so cheap. That's called a binge, by the way. Yeah, but imagine, we have no chance against these companies. They sell it for $1.49, and it's fucking delicious, right? Well, what bothers me about what I'm seeing on Instagram is now all of a sudden, all the swag, all of the bullshit, and everybody's eating McDonald's, but these are the same people that will hold me and my colleagues, hold me and my colleagues to being farm to table or being honest restaurants or having honest food, honest food and not be McDonald's. When you know they would badmouth McDonald's in a second, you know, and that to me is not cool. And the problem is with that, it's like you have the choice to do whatever you want. You have the choice to eat at McDonald's or not eat at McDonald's. One thing I like is honesty. And the problem is, is people that have the money, because influencers run the business, right? They run the, they run the, the airwaves now, they run everything, they run the podcast, they run Instagram, they <laughs> Fucking run- really? <laughs> They run everything. You're going to bring podcasts up. Huh? You're going to bring podcasts up. <laughs> <laughs> they run everything. But then, am I going to want to really align myself? And I can say whatever I want. I can be like, they're fucking idiots, right? It doesn't matter. Because as long as I buff them out and give them free food and fucking pay them, they'll sell my shit. It doesn't matter anymore. So that is a real problem. You're, you're looking for the word integrity, I believe. Right. There's no integrity, right? We are forced to have integrity. We are forced to, to use local seasonal products. McDonald's serves chemicals, okay? It's delicious in certain ways, but it's chemicals. It's all made up. It's made up. It's mass produced. It's made from a central location. It's distributed around the world. I mean, they. it's... It's a fact. Well, I mean, ju- just to be factual, and this is, I'm not defending McDonald's, but I think vegan food has more chemicals, but that's a whole other story. Well, I mean, I'm sure a lot of food has chemicals. I'm not saying like, you know, if you, ribs that you buy at a place, that if they come from Tyson, I mean, they're pumped full of antibiotics and people use them, you know? It's just, our whole food industry is broken, right? But for me to see that blatant, you know, display of hypocrisy on on Instagram to their followers to say, look, I eat here, but you don't eat there. You know you don't fucking eat there, right? But you're paid now to, and I guarantee people that weren't included, influencers, I'm putting my little finger quotes up, that weren't included probably felt the tinge of like, oh, why wasn't I included? You know what I'm saying? But I will tell you the best person that did the McDonald's delivery day by far, won the whole internet was Billy Corbin. That fucking yes. guy. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that guy, but see, he's true. He's true to himself, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, he is a fucking Miami gangster, right? He looked like a fucking Miami gangster and a McDonald's jumper. I mean, how I don't even he, know where I don't know where he got that from. <laughs> Nobody knows where he got it. <laughs> but on the day that he needed to post a picture he had that motherfucker on so (laughs) i mean props to him see that i love i love but all the other bullshit and then you want to call a legitimate place a chef driven place and say oh well i'll come by i'll post pictures 
it, it doesn't it doesn't equate man that's good because you know I, I i i thought i was like how could i end this how, how could we end the podcast right and i thought maybe i should go back through some yelp reviews and read them to you and see what your thoughts are i know i, I they're all you up a little bit well actually i'm going to give you an opportunity because i know you like to rile me up and i use the word the integrity word when you want to rile me up you always cheap shot me <laughs> true or not <laughs> no i don't cheat <laughs> shut the fuck I up i speak the truth <laughs> You I say so. I call it as I see it. You call me and tell me things just to rile me up <laughs> <laughs> about integrity and stuff. Yes or no? <laughs> Listen, I just complimented you on, so I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> we do rib each other. We were on a three-way text. The other day, and I'm glad you said text before I yeah. start jumping in we conclusions here. <laughs> we were on a three-way text group text, and the third person the other day was appalled how Seth and I were talking to each other. <laughs> so, and I'm gonna go ahead and read this to you. I want to hear your. This is a meme. Meme. It depends. It depends on how you look at uh, look at it. Food, very good for what it is. Service, whatever, is considered three steps below terrible. Ooh, that's nasty, huh? You literally cannot come here with another person. You will get your food, then she will get her food at the same time. Give or take 40 minutes. This happened at literally every other table in this fast casual place. Perhaps they are creating a new category of dining, glacial casual. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I, I, I figured that one. I think you'd find that one funny. No, that's good. That was Jordan C. I don't know if you have anything to say for Jordan C. Thank you, thank you Jordan C. <laughs> I always say to my staff, look, when somebody wants to leave, Yelp is a whole nother thing. I mean, <laughs> I've had my views about Yelp over the years, but when when a customer has that type of conversation with you, that, that's what we'll look at. It's not even a complaint. It's a conversation. It's like being in a relationship. If somebody just walks out the door, it's over, right? If they don't even want to tell you what you're doing wrong or how you can fix it so they feel better about the relationship, then you're fucked. So for me, that's the way I look at it. Back in the day, I know you're trying to provoke me to testify <laughs> and see you go fuck themselves. But, you know, that just, there's a lot, there's a whole different Richard Hales sitting in front of you. I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I know. But the thing is that that's a conversation. Now, if somebody gets, if they were truly slighted, what I don't like about some of those reviews, let's say that Jordan has been in my restaurant five times. He probably still goes there, you know that. Right, <laughs> but they will not talk about the good times with right. such enthusiasm, <laughs> right. you know, or such eloquent words. They will just not say anything. They will only talk about the bad experiences. The best, the best ones are when they say, um, I've been here a million times <laughs> and the food is always great, but tonight <laughs> and then I will never come here again and I would suggest that nobody comes here. Like they literally want to put you like out of business. You see Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Of Did you see the end when they shoot Hitler? Yeah. Like he can't just stop shooting Hitler. That's like a Yelp reviewer. You know what I'm saying? Like the restaurant is Hitler. <laughs> I'm going to show you being comparing myself <laughs> And then you, you just can't shoot him enough. He knows that he's got a bomb strapped to his leg, that everybody's going to be annihilated, but he has to get that last few bullets in him. That's a, that's a Yelp reviewer. 
Well, I, yeah, I, I, I had to dig. I found that one funny. I wanted there to be at least some humor. I don't want you to I'm assault me. I'm glad that you did some homework for this. I, I did a little <laughs> bit of homework, man, in, in between all the stuff I, I have going on. You know, I, I should bring up one story now that, that since you were you were trying to pretend the Richard of old. Back in the day when I remember I wrote about telling people go to Sakaya Kitchen, there is a guy that you kicked out because <laughs> he requested Right. No pork on the burger. I don't know if you remember the story. No, it wasn't no pork. <laughs> no, it was plain. It was it was a plain. He went very enthusiastically. I remember the guy, white guy, had like like Irish American, sixty five years old. I still picture his face right now. Be red from rosacea. <laughs> he says, "I'm cooking," and he's like, "Hey, uh, I just read that you have the best." alternative burger in the city it's in the city and i was like oh yeah that's burger beast and it's a big honor and everything and we were so happy for that he's like i want to order one but i only want bread and meat <laughs> so i was like what are you talking about and he's like i just want bread and meat i don't like the rest of the stuff and i said listen dude Let's get serious here. You fucking come in. You tell me that you just heard that I have one of the best fucking burgers in the city. And now you want bread and meat. You don't want anything else. So why don't you do yourself a fucking favor and listen to the burger beast and fucking eat the burger the way just like this. is. This is verbatim. I've said this story so many fucking times. And then the guy was like, how dare you talk to me? And I was like, how dare I? Why don't you fucking go next door? to five guys, buy their fucking bread and meat, and go fuck yourself. And he goes, I'm gonna put you out of business. And I think he wrote to you, he wrote on Yelp, he wrote every- Man, I gotta look that up. Google, <laughs> he really tried to put me out of business. And you know, that on that subject, there's a lot of entitlement with success. And when you have something like that, and we were truly starting at the beginning of our success, it goes to your head, it really does. You really start to think that you're invincible. And I've proven to myself that I'm not invincible, Centro Taco being one of those <laughs> <laughs> uh, The Sakai Kitchen food truck being another instance that I'm not invincible, the Baitress. Um, a lot of people, obviously, they see the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg, they don't see all the bullshit that you go through. but. Um, there's a lot of entitlement. And what I've learned as I've matured in this industry as a business owner and as a chef and a person is that, you know, you gotta get rid of the entitlement. You gotta, if the guy wants fucking burger, a burger with bread, it's ridiculous, of course. And it could still be ridiculous today, but just fucking give him his goddamn, you know, I could have had a fan, he could have eaten the burger and then come on a second visit and maybe we could have sold him on the burger. That that That's the problem with 2009 and 10 and 11 Richard Hales <laughs> compared to the Richard Hales now. is like the entitlement is gone. I really want everybody to win in a sense. I want my, my employees to be happy. I want the customers to be happy because then in turn it makes me happier that I have a I have a better business, you know, than than what it was because for me, I, my mindset was it's just about the food. Like, how dare you come in here and violate this unwritten code of like chef-driven excellence? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like how dare you fucking violate me and insult me? You know, and it's like who the fuck cares? The, I mean, we wouldn't be talking about this if. 
2018 Richard was there because it would not have been a funny story. And some of those stories, I wanted it to be. It was funny to me because then I'd go home and I'd feel better about myself. After like mopping the floor and doing the dishes, and I'd be like, I told that motherfucker. I I was actually scrolling through also your reviews on Facebook. I just want to pass this along. Edgardo Batista, he said, hey, Mr. Richard, my name is Edgardo Batista. I got a check there, and and Nunez doesn't answer my calls. I moved to New York because my brother passed away. Can you please send me my check? Do you know if you ever sent him his check? This is uh, last year. Yeah, these, oh, these employees, <laughs> they drive us nuts. <laughs> you know, it's like the guy comes You can make in, out the check to my name if yeah, you want. He comes, in, he comes in like on a Friday at 8 o'clock at night and demands his check. You know, and it's like... Oh, you he, even know who I'm talking about? Yes, the office opens on Monday, you know, and it's like, come on, dude. Like, we're processing your check. We have a payroll coming. Imagine, you have a payroll company. You have to call the payroll company. You have to submit the hours. These, these boys, they don't get it. I mean, we have... He one. gave you a four-star, by the way. <laughs> We had one employee that demanded his check. He worked for like four hours, and we pay everybody from the second they started their training or whatever. We you are on the clock. So I think he worked for four hours. My manager kicked him out because he was terrible. He came back the next day for his check, and we were like, you know, the manager told him, look, I mean, you got to wait on the cycle. You know, there's a cycle here. There's a, we're running a business, and he came back and threatened to kill people in the restaurant. He said he's going to kill the manager and the fucking staff. We had to call the police and he came back and the police were waiting for him there. I mean, it's it's fucking crazy. Oh yeah, I've been threatened by many food truck owners. (laughs) Well, they're a whole other thing. And I think they'll they'll follow through. I know, I probably shouldn't tell people that I record stuff I'm here at the museum. (laughs) Want to be able to find... Well, you got anything to add? We're going to wrap this up? No, I just... Uh, Any shout-outs? <laughs> no, my daughters, you know, Lily and Violet. Big fans of mine. They wanted to be here, <laughs> yes. I, I'm always disturbed when you bring it up. Like, they love everybody. They even, they're, uh, they were like, oh, you're going to... And then when I tell them that I was here, it's going to be like a whole ordeal that they were not here. And I purposely took an Uber so my wife could go home with them. And uh, but they're like that with Guy too. They're like Uncle Guid. We call Guy Guido. That's his nickname. Um, they love him, and it's just sort of. I'm, I'm getting a, like a little jealous, you know, because I'm like that was the dad that they looked at like, and now they're like talking about Guy. They're talking about Seth, and they love David. Yeah, I don't. That I don't understand. <laughs> well, they never see him because he's not a real friend. <laughs> oh, and we're talking about David Garcia from La Camaronera, which, by the way, you should go and eat at if you've never been there. He is a real friend, and he makes a great shrimp sandwich. I can tell you that. Uh, so this tie, this ends up the first episode of the Burger Beast podcast. Thanks to Mr. Sir Richard Hales of the uh, of Sakaya Kitchen for being on, and uh, we'll be back soon. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Bye.